You're listening to the Center for Community Media at Worcester State University. Hello, and welcome to the next installment of the Center for Community Media's podcast series. I'm your host, Scott Britz, and today I'll be talking about the Visual and Performing Arts Department here at Worcester State University. The VPA, as it's called, covers the three main forms of classical entertainment, art, music, and and theater. Since art was the primary focus of the previous episode, I wanted to shed some light on the other aspects of the VPA department, as well as inform you of upcoming events. For this episode, I was able to speak to two professors from the Visual and Performing Arts Department. Both professors, Christy Nigro and Sam O'Connell, are very well-rounded in their fields, Professor O'Connell being on the theater side and Professor Nigro on the musical side. They were both very excited to share their thoughts on the opportunities that the VPA department can provide students here at the university. Dr. Christy Niger has been performing as a cellist in the central Massachusetts area for over a decade as a soloist, chamber music performer, and orchestral musician. She has degrees in cello performance from Syracuse and Yale and has played with such organizations as the Boston Ballet, the Syracuse Symphony, the New Haven Orchestra, the Worcester Orchestra, and the Hawthorne Tree Chamber Players. Dr. Nigro also has a Ph.D. in music from the University of Massachusetts at Amherst, where her doctoral work focuses on the chamber music of American composer George Whitefield Chadwick. Dr. Nigro is professor of music at Worcester State University, where she conducts the college chorus and chorale, teaches music literature, music history, and cello classes. Dr. Nigro has earned a reputation as an outstanding choral conductor, having taken the WSU chorale on six international tours to Europe and South America. Past tours have included Austria the Czech Republic, Spain, Scotland, Argentina, Ireland, England, and Italy, where the latter saw her choir as the featured guest of Pope John Paul II in Rome. Here's what Dr. Nigro had to say about the musical side of the VPA. In terms of my own personal relationship with music, it's pretty much been my whole life since I was a small child and became pretty obvious that's what I wanted to do with my life. I started music lessons when I was just a child, and I decided when I was in college that I wanted to be a university teacher. I relate well with college-age kids, and so I kind of was one of those lucky people who had a goal from almost the beginning and actually did what I set out to do, so I'm a lucky one. Music's a huge part of students' lives. It may not be the kind of music that I was trained to do, but I try to keep an open mind when it comes to choices of music that I do with students here because you have to meet them where they are. And if you can do a piece that's written by somebody they know and uh, it draws them into learning more about some of the great classical composers, that's all the better. Uh, To me, there's only... There are only two types of music, good music and bad music. <laughs> and uh, there's bad music in every style, and there's great music in every style. Now, I think it's important for students to be well-rounded, whatever their major is. So even if you're a business major or you're, the sciences and math are your thing, it still is a good thing for people to have a creative outlet and not just focus on their narrow course of study, but to embrace all the different aspects of life. And even if it's not as a performer, even if it's just as someone who will appreciate the arts, to be exposed to it more. 
and I think that can only help people, really, uh, students and and everybody. The chorale has been all over the world. We've been to almost every country in Europe, and we just selected our destination for 2017. We're going to go to Sicily in Italy. Last May, we went to Scotland. Before that, England, Ireland, Spain, Italy, two other times, Greece, and also Argentina. So it really has been an amazing experience the students who sing at such a high level all over the place. But, I mean, there have been so many places that are really world-famous and renowned in every single country we've gone to. We are accepted into the biggest names, which is really wonderful. Uh, in Ireland, we sang at St. Patrick's Cathedral. In Florence, we sang at the Domo. In Edinburgh, where we were on this last trip, we sang at Edinburgh Castle, which is very hard to get into. Every single country, there's been something like that. Sometimes kids come to college and they're kind of nervous and they don't know anybody. And so when you join a choir, you have 35 instant friends. <laughs> it's an icebreaker for sure. There are lots of other classes that don't involve performance particularly, but are more traditional classroom classes. We have a full uh, complement of courses in music theory and in uh, music history, students are free to take. We have quite a wide selection of, of classes for the non-performer who just wants to learn about music. We, we need more people to concentrate in our VPA major with a concentration in music. It's a wonderful approach where you're, you're not just focusing on one discipline, but you're kind of getting a kind of general sense of what's happening in all of them. So I would just encourage everybody to keep playing music, keep listening to music, keep studying about music. It's just going to make you a better, more well-rounded person. Sam O'Connell is an assistant professor in theater and interdisciplinary arts in the Visual Performing Arts Department at Worcester State University. Sam earned his PhD in theater and drama at Northwestern University. Some of the courses he teaches here at the university include Intro to Theater, Critical Thinking in the Arts, History of Theater, and Script Analysis. As a scholar, his research interests focus on the intersection of media technology, live performance, and popular culture. Now let's hear what Sam had to say about the theater side of the VPA. I teach intro to theater. One of the questions I ask near the beginning of class is who's terrified of being on stage? And one of the emails I get before the class starts is, am I going to have to act in this class? Students come into it with a sense of stage fright or worried that they can't do it. So we offer a variety of courses for those interested in working on stage, those interested in working backstage, and those interested in literary management, history, and criticism. So we teach acting, we teach stage combat, we teach scene design, costume design, theater history, American theater history, script analysis, intro to theater theater, a whole variety of courses. For me, I came into theater and decided to major in it in college after having a history of theater class in undergrad. Reading some of those plays from 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, uh, and the way they, the story still resonated for me was really exciting. And so I came into it that way knowing that I loved theater and loved being in it, but also realized my own limitations as a character actor of limited range. I needed another path through it, and for me that was in the history and the literature of it. My hope for my students in my classes is that they have a better understanding by the end of the class of theater's function in society. One of the things I focus on, and it changes a little bit every semester depending on which course I'm teaching, but in History of Theater 1 and 2, one of the things I focus on is the way we read these canonical texts, these masterpieces from past periods, 
and what they're able to tell us about those past societies, those past cultures. We can explore them for historical information about the past in the same way the history of science can look at scientific discovery from the past and understand that culture or just um, sort of generic world sieve uh, in the history department looks at different pieces of evidence. For us, the evidence is what remains from theater. But then every once in a while, I come back to the question and ask my students and try to force this conversation of, why do we care about theater history? Why do we still care about these plays? And the chief reason, I think, the reason I hope my students come away with is theater is one of the best ways our society communicate our ideas about ourselves to ourselves and to others. It's a way to communicate idea, it's a way to communicate a sense of social structure, social order, class, uh, identity, all of these powerful things that we still talk about in different ways. But being able to explore those through theater becomes really exciting because then we can enact them, we can embody them on stage in different ways uh, and try to explore and come to an understanding of the present through an exploration of the past. Our big events are, are sort of our most publicized or the plays we do every year as part of our main performance season. And depending on the year, we do two or three shows. The past couple of years has been a fall show, a winter show, and a spring show. This year we just finished our fall show a couple weeks ago and are about to get ready for our spring show in April, and then we're going to do student-directed one-acts uh, at the end of April going into May. And so I think what students aren't as aware of as we would like them to be is a couple things. One is that there is a theater on campus. When I teach intro to theater or critical thinking in the arts and students have to go see a play for class and review it, one of the things a handful of students every semester learn is that we have a theater. Not just a theater, but there's a space on campus to go and see plays, and they've never been there before. Two is that there are any number of ways for them to get involved, to get course credit, to work in theater in all of its variety of capacities, not just through acting or auditions. I mean, we love when we have more students audition than we can cast, just because of how that benefits the program and our growth. Our box office is completely staffed and run by students. Our costume shop, all the stitchers and sewers and assistant designers are students. The scenic work, the stage crew, everything is students. As you can see, the opportunities that come from taking VPA courses can have a lasting impact on students. From performing plays on campus to singing in a choir around the world, visual and performing arts courses provide a unique style of education. They're always looking for students and volunteers with interest in VPA and encourage all students to get involved one way or another. One more thing I would like to inform you of is the fact that Worcester State University has its own theater, called the Fuller Theater, on the second floor of the Shaughnessy Administration Building. The Visual and Performing Arts Department uses this theater to perform plays, have concerts, as well as display many other productions. For example, on April 7th through the 9th at 8 p.m., as well as April 10th at 2 p.m., the VPA is hosting a production called City Speak, which focuses on the stories of poor, old, young, and others without access to power. Students in the Devise Theater class, working with Worcester State University's Urban Studies class, write, develop, and perform a play based on the voices of the people of Worcester. Another event that's taking place on April 20th through 30th at 8 p.m., as well as May 1st at 2 p.m., is a production called Student Directed One Acts. Choosing from a vast store of one-act plays, students in Worcester State University's directing class apply the skills gained in the class to direct and produce a series of one-act plays. Just remember, it's important to frequently check the VPA's website for updates as well as to obtain information regarding any additional events that might be added at a later time. That's all for this episode. Please be sure to check the Center for Community Media to learn what's going on around campus in the greater Worcester area. Thank you for listening.
This podcast was presented to you by the Center for Community Media. Please be sure to like us on Facebook at WSU, that's WSU Media, and follow us on Twitter at MediaWSU. Once again, that's MediaWSU.